Podkit, episode 66, Everything Old is Out of Beta, on Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. And now, time keeps continuing. This episode of Podkit is hosted by Brandon Johnson, Brian Mitchell, and Ryan Rampersad. This episode has show notes at thenexus.tv slash pk66. I think we we for, forgot about this maybe. Forgot about what? Oh, did we forget about something? I don't know. It seems seems a little weird. Does it? What seems weird? What is this again? Who are you? What what is it? What's a podkit? Who am I? Oh, a podkit. Well, it's been less than a year, so hey, look at that. Technically, yes. You know, we beat our last record, so that's fine. Time flies. It does. I mean, what's really different between now and eleven months ago? <laughs> I can think of a few things got three more vaccines in me wow maybe two i forget i think no wait let's see i had one or two when we recorded our last one really but it wasn't in effect yet okay yeah, in april oh right that was april. i don't think i got mine until may no maybe yeah i got mine on i think april 3rd anyway yeah uh we're back at least for a little bit um just chiming in to say hi hello talk about you know apple and client web developers the usual shenanigans typical so, the, I mean, there's a lot that's happened this year in terms of web development stuff, us and our lives, this and that. Do you want to do a quick recap on what we've been up to? Well, I just want to give a shout out to our favorite podcast episode, which was the previous episode. Is that the, the last one is always our favorite one? Yeah, I believe that is how it goes. Yes. I mean, it's just like the fringe. The best fringe ever is the fringe I just recorded. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a podcast 65 that was recorded on posted on April 12th, 2021. I'm going to go with recorded and posted all on the same day and within the same hour. Yeah. I probably took a week to edit that. I know for a fact I posted that at like 1 a.m. Well, the know. day before my job started. Uh, yeah. So I have, a new, I have a new job. I've been there 10 and a half months. So that's cool. Or rounding up to 11 months. And just to give, um, like, in addition to mentioning Brian's new job 11 whole months ago, like, back then, some things we talked about, of course, were everybody's favorite Create React App 4 upgrade. Uh, Version 5 is out now for several months. <laughs> oopsie. Uh, Tailwind JIT was just a new thing, a new, like, beta feature. It's been released as part of V3, which is standard. Yeah, like, turns out things change over time. Isn't that weird? Moves fast. Yeah, everything old is is now out of beta. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Brian, I think you're about to make a Ferris Bueller joke. Yeah, t- time time moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you might miss it. I actually totally no. wasn't, but that is a perfect joke or thing to say. So yeah, so thank you for that. That's okay. That's great. I'll, we'll, uh... I appreciate it. That was good. I wish I would have been on it to say that, but you beat me to it. All right, yeah, so I can quick recap. I got uh, another job for the last almost a year now. Um, that's been fun. I've been doing a little Svelte there off and on. We're largely replacing that application using React and TypeScript, you know, the standard stack. So that's been, that's been a fun experience. Um, a few months ago, I wrote a Svelte library called Svelte Compare Image. Let's you drag a little slider back and forth to compare an image. Ah, uh, yes, that was a classic utility. Classic utility, yes. Uh, I use it in my end-of-the-year blog post that I kind of write recapping each year, which I'll link in the show notes. It's a good one. It's a really slick little widget. Maybe, yeah. I it, I wrote it to compare um, 
I use Fog of World to explore where I go in the world, and I used it to compare how much of the Twin Cities I explored from the end of 2020 to the end of 2021. So, Very nice. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Good to write like a little library and fun to try it out with Svelte. Um, let's see. Last fall, I sold my car. I'm now car-free. I've been winter biking this winter. Got my studded tires, my old high school bike, some pogies on my handlebars to keep the wind out and keep my hands a little warmer. So that's been fun. Something, something about how you nice. wrote this here really makes me think of a tweet I just read sometime in the last week, which was, if something ends in less, there's probably more of it. And so you didn't say carless. It's car-free. Car-free. Car- oh. Hmm. So I, I've ridden in cars, and I drove a car. I've driven a car, uh, well, I guess two times, but for one thing. I drove in December. It was the last time. But otherwise, I've pretty much driven that single time. I went to the dentist. I borrowed my grandparents' car <laughs> in December. Uh, but you've been on the bus many times. Yeah, I've been on the bus. I've ridden in cars, but I've only driven that one time since I sold my car September 13th. So, yeah. Nice. It's great. I haven't had to scrape my windshield at all. I don't have to worry about, well, I worry about sliding around in the street, but on a bike, it's a little different. Anyway, yeah. Who wants to go next? I can go next. I just, I just have to put this other thing in the chat real quick, which is a Wikipedia, Wikipedia thing for those of you who like Wikipedia. It's a song called Gary Newman. Now, bike guy called Gary Newman called Cars. And it's a good song when you're thinking about not having a car. They named the hit Pixar movie after this song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's typical now, of Disney. Now we're talking. Yes. Yeah. No, totally. Uh, well, gosh, I think I started a new gig around the same time you did, Brian. Uh, that's been going pretty well, and I'm actually sticking around at that same place at which I'm not uh, at liberty to discuss. But I'm, I've, I've been staying on the same client for... Uh, a good long while, and it seems like uh, it's it's been really uh, really healthy. So it's it's kind of an interesting departure from the prior couple of years, where I was working on up to six or eight or nine clients simultaneously at some at some points, which is just unbelievable. That is unbelievable to have a year where I'm just you know like I have like two 1099s this year, two or two tax documents this year, which is uh, a little bit easier to wrangle. Um, but yeah, aside from that, just trying to stay outdoors in the winter and uh i picked up skiing brian helped me learn helped me learn how to ski yeah, that's great uh, gave me his you skis. learned at minus 10 degrees yeah. it was a great morning it was the best it was so much fun yes it was yeah just trying to you know spring is on the horizon so i uh, getting ready for, for that to happen i moved i'm gonna move again i just keep moving uh never never stop Never stop moving. As long as you take the same three pictures with you, it's okay. Exactly. Exactly. That yeah, these three photos behind me are coming with. I actually got three new ones from the same artist probably about seven months ago, but I don't have it in me to take these down and put the new ones up. Um, so I instead tried to find more frames. Uh, which is <laughs> rather difficult, it turns out. Yeah. But that's okay. Work-wise, I'm still using React Native, though, and React Native has kind of become all-encompassing. Like, most of my work is React Native with a little bit of React Web on the side. Um, and so it's been interesting to be a part of a larger React Native organization, um, get a little bit more acclimated to working at a larger team in a more corporate environment. So it's been it's been really uh, really wild year. Can you imagine React Native? Like, that is just, we've been using that thing forever, and it still keeps working. 
Yeah, every year there's like one year. You add one year to how long I've been doing React Native, and every once in a while, it's like, yeah, I've been I've been writing React Native apps for like seven years now. It feels that way. Five years. Let's see, so 2016 to 2022, that's six years. Six years, right? Yeah, but also keep in mind that it is March 732nd of 2020. Yeah. Uh, so yes, of yeah. course. That uh, what that means is you actually have 15 years experience in React Native. Oh my god. Yeah, that these last couple have been dog years. <laughs> I think I've only been writing React code for like maybe three and a half years. It's hard to believe that too. Like not that long. I remember going to JavaScript Minnesota in like 2016 and 2017, and everyone was talking about React, and I'm like, what about AngularJS? That's what I'm using all the time still. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I was like, maybe I'll be relevant someday. Uh, somebody Randall Randall should have hired you. <laughs> yeah, really. Because most most of his stuff is still Angular, not uh, modern Angular, not Angular. Well, JS, can but... we all take a moment to celebrate AngularJS has reached end of life. There's no longer support for it and no security updates. It's done. Oh, man, that's so good. Oh, I'm so happy for the world to still have it sitting around everywhere. <laughs> yes. Does it still support IE, though? Because if it still supports IE, then all bets are off. That's true. It probably does. I'm sure it does, yeah. Well, I mean, technically React does as well. It's got to ship those map and set polyfills. Yeah, the polyfills that are, what, 300 kilobytes large? Perfect. Basically, yeah. BRB starting a boutique AngularJS consultancy that writes AngularJS apps for Internet Explorer and nothing else. Now, you see, that's it. You joke, and now suddenly your phone is the most wealthy of everyone, of every developer anywhere. You will perhaps most wealthy, but also very likely the least happy. happy? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say no, happy, extremely happy is not a thing anymore either. Yeah. Happy, no. Happy's gone away. No, it's gone. Nope. Just express one out on that war. Oh, express. Oh, jeez. Happy outlived Iron Man. That's true. For a uh, Marvel joke. Yeah, I don't watch TV. Oh, no, didn't, I don't. Didn't work I for me. I just, I trust you. Sorry. Spo- uh, s- spoilers for Endgame Part 2, my bad. Um, oh, that's it's only okay. four years it's late. too late by now. Uh, yeah, well, I, I do, I do have just a couple of things. Um, Hey, you know, it's maybe been, maybe, I don't know, possibly like 10 years since we started doing this, like almost more than 10 years ago, actually now, because, you know, time keeps continuing, but in November, in a month in which we did not record of 2021, uh, we crossed that 10 year mark. And by we, we mean the Nexus podcast, uh, started in 2015, but yeah, but it's a collective we. Yes. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. The royal we. Uh so you know, some highlights in that in that journey, you know, like we had um I don't know how many episodes of fringe do we have? Like that that's a big number, that's why I'm gonna mention five hundred and eighty seven fringes. Yeah. I mean, just just imagine that number. Um I don't know what series had the most episodes, probably ATN still, but we'll just pretend that's still true, actually. Yep. Uh <laughs> yeah, you know, that's pretty good. Um you know, in that time, we've also done some other campaigns like Defeating the Dash when we got rid of that awful dash in our domain name. I still haven't gotten the .com. We showed the dash the door. I sure did. I think I remember seeing that on Twitter, but it was before I really was involved. Yeah. So I, mean, I saw it from the side. It was basically before I was involved, too. Um, but, you know, we also just crossed just in the last accidentally two weeks uh, another milestone. What's that? Well, you know, you see, 
we live in a very insecure age, and in order to increase all of our security and eliminate insecurity, we have added an extra letter to our website's name. Amazing. Uh, the Nexus dot... Uh, <laughs> TVs. TVs? <laughs> TVS. HDTV? Yeah. Uh, that, that might be too loud. I always thought it was the Nexus, but there, there are two S's at the end of... The, the nexus yeah it's all just about snakes no we, actually we bought the next the nextus for the next version yeah we did do that no actually we've at, we've gone https hooray what we are now fully secured and it's all an accident everybody <laughs> now i i don't know how to tell you this but i thought doing this exercise was going to be hundreds of hours slaving over a piping hot wordpress coal fire in fact, it was one toggle in the Cloudflare setting. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, turns oh, yeah. out. So th- does that mean the traffic from WordPress to Cloudflare is unencrypted? And then it is. Cloudflare, okay. Which is totally fine. It, it doesn't care. And, you know, if somebody wanted to figure out the me- secret method to get back to the raw uh, IP address, they could certainly do that. But it's fine. Spooky. So yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the big the big uh, network wide news that I thought I should mention. Uh, let's see, what am I still doing these days? You know, I haven't written a Create React app in like over a year. Wait, that's not true. In in at least since last year. That's great. Uh, but I have congratulations. Welcome to the club. But I have been deeply involved in multiple Next.js apps. It's everybody's favorite ah. web framework. For things nice. um i have lately been working with a lot more infrastructure stuff because uh that's what i've been doing very nice i'm still uh, using create react app what's new <laughs> i'm really hoping they use a, a more modern compiler that's way faster because i have uh just been slow. using uh swc i wish that stood for something that i could actually say but it doesn't is it like french or something shockwave compiler yeah, there we go. Yeah, uh, I've just been using it so fast; it's wonderful. Big fan. Southwestern College. No, that's in Chula Vista, California. No, S- state water contract. Oh, maybe it's Speedy Web Compiler. Maybe that's what it stands for. Oh, okay. Like, uh, actually, I actually have no idea what it's. Southwest Minnesota Christian Schools. Uh, S W R. No wait, S W C. Yeah, dot R S, for Rust. Because, you know, it's right. made in both rust. I think SWC you, that you're referring to might be the medical marijuana dispensary in Prescott, Arizona. Probably also no. No? It's a, um, amazing okay. that a dispensary also makes a compiler. Like, what are the of that? Crap. Well, compiled cognition. You never know. They dispense they compiled code? And, it, and code is code for something else. <laughs> uh, yes. Application dispensary. Multi-layered Lower application phrase. right there. Ah, layer three. <laughs> Yes, but I agree. It would be great if Create React App modernized. I think like it is such a big target these days uh, for like so many people use it. So many projects use it. It's hard for them to just make a big breaking change like that. But, you know, SWC, it has a bunch of webpacky options you can opt into, but you don't always need them. So just just give it a try. It's awesome. Yeah, I think ejecting from Create React App could definitely be in my future um we're not using a lot what? of the, a lot of, well I, I just mean like in 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 theory i don't know like i some of my own side projects i'd want to try it out there first probably just 
when it's less implication at like on at work or something. But like we're doing code splitting and you know, we're depending on a bunch of the the tooling that it brings along. We're not mm-hmm. using like Babel plugin macros or anything like that at the moment, but um there you know, some things that are are kind of nice because it's part of that ecosystem. What do you uh, so. this, uh what do you guys think about uh, ESM? Anybody jump on that train yet? My um, Svelte Compare Image component is shipped in ESM only, but that's it's built with Svelte Kit, and Svelte Kit right now, at least the latest version, when I was using it in January, uh, is ESM only. Isn't ES Build also ES only? I don't like, think so. for another faster compiler? Okay. ES Build is another, you know, another one, but I think it can do CommonJS as well. Okay, I was reading a Twitter thread, and it made me think like it was only on ES modules. Oh yeah, you're right. Common JS too. Don't trust those Twitter threads. <laughs> the wrong. reason I wonder about it is because um, there's this guy who is prolific on GitHub for making npm packages. Um, uh-huh. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? Is that the one behind Color JS? Mm, that sounds right. I just don't know what his name is. Like Sindre? Yeah. Okay. So sorry. Oh yeah. Sindre Sorhus. Yeah. And uh, what he's done is basically every package that you could ever want, he's made, which is awesome. But all of the packages in in a major version release sometime in the last, you know, 12 to 24 months have been upgrading from CommonJS, which anybody can use, to basically ESM that nobody can use. Uh, And so if you try to import one of these ESM only things, like you just it's just miserable. And it's just a really big bummer that it, it, it's like this. Yeah. My personal site, which doesn't have very much JavaScript, but I'm trying to make that kind of ESM only. I should compile that with SWC or something. Yeah. Give it a try. It's, just, yeah. it's using Rollup. Like it's, I just like, I manually handcraft a few different bundles and then specifically place them in a directory. And it's very manual, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll take, um, like 23 milliseconds to bundle it's Love incredible it. is there a svelte plugin that's the other thing like i um I don't actually know. i think svelte svelte uses svelte kit uses vite i could switch my site to use that i guess and i think vite uses yes build under the hood okay look at this these Very new co- new compilers that's something that if you go from the last podcast to this podcast you're like what's all this fun new stuff it's a lot more mature than and, it was and, we then. St- and the answer is we still don't know we still don't know correct <laughs> But there's more, oh, you know, there's more to the don't know than there used to be. This is true. Uh, let's see other other some other topics that we could maybe talk about that things in the last year. I feel like um, I don't know when this happened, but uh, Jen Simmons started working at Apple. Yeah, uh, she used to work. It's been huge. Yeah, she used to work on the Firefox team at Mozilla. I'm not sure when she switched over. I think it was in the last year. Um, A little rusty think, on your knowledge there, huh? Huh. Yes, certainly. Um, I just I saw a tweet today about there's a announcement about um, a kind of a, a working group of the other browser vendors to kind of come together and work on creating like an inter, uh, interop 2022. So um, coming together to try to make the all the browsers implement the specs in the same way. So some of it is around new APIs, but some of it is like stabilizing existing APIs that maybe have a few differences. So this would be things like um, the new CSS cascade layers and 
uh, the new CSS color level four and level five spec for different color spaces and color function, like color contrast, which is going to be awesome for using light dark theme and not having to think about it in every sense of the way. Um, what about those new units? Yeah, new dynamic mm. units. So not just VHVW, but D VH and R. Uh, I don't know. It's the dynamic one, the smallest and the largest of the available viewport because the mobile mobile phone browsers, they as you scroll, the Chrome around the browser shrinks and expands. It's obnoxious, and I can't wait to have that. Yes, I agree. <laughs> also coming along later this year is the dialogue element. Which has a pretty cool API. Um, container queries. Oh, can't wait for that either. Yes. Like if I had to pick between dialogue element and container queries, container queries all the way. Yeah, definitely. Except uh, dialogue element probably can be polyfilled and container queries cannot be. But yes, at least partially polyfilled, I bet. I guess so. Some of this interop also is focusing on, they just say forms and scrolling. So I'm not quite sure. Apparently, there's APIs in forms and for scrolling behavior that isn't implemented consistently across browsers or completely. Not surprising. Subgrid. This is something Firefox has nearly completely implemented and Chrome and WebKit have not. I've never used a subgrid because, you know, it doesn't work anywhere. Right. Well, and it's like. Hey, it works on Firefox. I said anywhere. It's worked on Firefox for like a year plus. They implemented it early. Um, Typography and encodings. uh, Looks like. Firefox has the best support than Safari, than Chrome. Yeah, viewport units, as you say, Ryan, which have 100% on Safari and Chrome and 16% at Firefox at the moment. As it should be. We just need the dynamic units because it will it will just eliminate all those stupid hacks I have to do, and it'll make mobile designs good again. Yeah. And then they also have um, web compat, so... Um, I guess just general compatibility. And what's interesting about this one is Firefox has 95% on web compact. Safari has 49% and Chromium has 26%. That's weird. There you go. Um, it's like Chrome is the new IE. Not surprising. Basically. Yeah. Um, and so some areas um, <laughs> that they worked on in 2021 were things were on aspect ratio, which has now shipped Flexbox. Mm-hmm. So kind of figuring out some of the, Differences there, CSS grid, sticky positioning, and transforms. So I'll definitely say those were areas that I, I, I think really kind of saw stabilized last year, especially like sticky positioning in a table, I think is something Safari finally shipped last year. Um, I should say finally did ship last year. It's all kind of new stuff anyway. Yeah, so it's, it's just, I think, very cool to see a, a working group coming together out of this because it really benefits everyone. And if I mean, there's it's, these core you know, APIs that work the same across browsers, it's a win for all. Totally. Too bad our friends at Microsoft doesn't, don't even have their own engine or browser anymore. They just have to rely on their friends at Google. Can you imagine? Yeah. Well, the, the column for Chromium, as I'm saying Chromium, is actually the uh, Chrome and Edge logos. So I think they're kind of working together on that. Well, I'm sure they are, but I mean, it's not even a separate engine. It doesn't even count. True. It's very but sad. I would recommend Edge over Chrome because they disable so many features in the Chrome browser around like privacy and Google stuff that if you can use Edge, use it over Chrome. You're and then, the and then instead get telemetry by Microsoft, which I I trust over Google. I don't. Don't 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 use Edge. Or you could trust He's no one. Brave. <laughs> you could trust no one and use Firefox. He's brave, Vivaldi. They're all built on Chromium. 
or Edge. I just just don't use Chrome. I use Firefox at work, and I use Chrome at home. I use all the browsers I can. Nice. A browser sommelier. I am not familiar with that word. A sommelier is somebody who knows the exact right wine for every pur- purpose. And uh, so a browser sommelier knows the right browser for every purpose. I feel like that must go. have existed at one point, but then um, the App Store rejected it. Yeah, you're probably right. So, like, you described all these great, like, engine changes, Brian, for, like, the browser and rendering side of things. Like, what happened to all those, like, uh, incredible JavaScript things? Like, Temporal ever get in? Did any of those new syntax features for matching or pipeline operator ever get in? Like, what happened to JavaScript? Do do anybody use that anymore? Let's see. So, what is new? Yeah, ES2022. I don't know if it landed yet or it's coming out, but what we're getting there is class fields. So these are the private fields you can prefix with a the yeah as the kids call a hashtag symbol the pound sign uh, before the field name and it will be enforced in the JavaScript engine as a private accessor. So um, for example, like TypeScript has had the private keyword before something, but it compiles down to a public one. It doesn't have any runtime enforcing around that, just in your static typing. Yeah, and there's also some other nuance difference too, like. In TypeScript, it will also desugar out to some kind of like uh, not quite prototype extension, but it, like it hides it inside of its own little like iffy kind of thing, and then it attaches that singular copy to all of the children objects. But the um, the hash sign pound sign variant is actually a real member of that class and then object. Hmm. So like it, it's even its internals are a little different, but but better. Interesting. Yeah. Um, there's a new regular expression around matching indices. Um, I don't really, so you can index where your matches are in a new way. I don't, I haven't really looked at that at all. Uh, you know what they say about regex. You make a reg out of you and your <laughs> X. I don't know. Yes, exactly. That's it. That's, That's that is regex. That's what they say. Uh, top level await has landed in the spec. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I'm excited to use that in Node. I was that was that backported to Node 14 or 16? Mm. I feel like that was made something some nice feature was recently backported. No, Node Node.js like got fetch. the fetch and, and that was backported to Node 14, I think. If you're on I don't the think it, I, I don't think it's out anywhere yet. I think it's targeted oh. for 18 and might get oh. backported to 16 maybe. That's it. Okay. Yeah, Node yeah. fetch, native Node fetch and I have to polyfill or shim or do anything i'll never have to will it probably have subtle differences from the browser version i won't be surprised not even a little (laughs) bit the some kind of interrupt program will be necessary for that too but those packages will will probably be tiny relatively compared that's what i'm really here for like i hate axios i mean i love axios because it actually has features that are useful but i hate that it's a zero point whatever and its code base is a disaster zone because it has to flip-flop between five different browsers worth of code and Node and five different versions of Node. Yeah, it uses it uses the Node version or it, uses, it still uses XML HTTP request. Yeah. And I don't think it's really been rewritten to use any new language feature because it supports, like, probably ancient, ancient IE still. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's the dot at um, method on an array so you can do array dot at and pass in negative one to get the last element fancy scalable object dot prototype dot has own property okay i don't know what that might mean sounds like has own property is on a new thing 
I guess. Yeah, something like that. Also, I'm using I'm reading some random person's post on Dev.2. I don't I can't find the actual. Wait, if I add MDN to my search, maybe that's, <laughs> that's the keyword. Hey, right? there was an MDN redesign. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. I think it's pretty. That's nice. right. Still getting used to it though. It looks like a much more modern site. Yeah, it's got a few like you know trade-offs, I guess, between. But there's something I noticed is like um, if I what I often do is even on my 1440p, you know, just like 24-inch displays here. I do side-by-side -side windows a lot, and the sidebar on MDN becomes scrollable at that half monitor width, and it's just like, there's nothing getting cut off. You don't need to have a scroll bar down there. Get that out of here. Yeah. I don't know. Change. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, they'll probably make a few improvements. I'm sure they will. User feedback. They got a new logo. It also has dark mode. Ooh, yeah. That's probably a big reason to redesign Spooky. it. Spooky. There's a static block for initialization during class definition. Oh yeah, the uh, error object, you can set the cause property and it will kind of, it's a, a way you can kind of embed a, a linked error in a new error. Which is very nice. The, the whole error handling setup in JavaScript is, I don't know, error prone, to say the least. <laughs> error handling is error prone. Good one. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I just can't handle it. Can't handle the errors. Uh, that's good. So JavaScript is moving along. That's good. So we've got yeah, compilers. We've got user land CSS, user facing feature unification. Uh, we've got JavaScript slightly improving a little bit. Oh, that's uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, what a year. Definitely. By the way, Temporal is at stage three. That's I don't know good. If, if browsers have implemented it. To be in stage three, don't you need to have one implementation somewhere? Actually, that's true. Where is implemented? Hmm. Anyway. Hopefully, maybe, I don't know. We probably need it in more browsers. Or yes, I don't know. A year or two, I'm hoping. And then it has to, once it's, once it's in Node, we'll be happy. Yes. Well, and oh. browsers. All of them. Okay, so in like four years, everything will support it, and it will have good enough support that we can start using it and just show error messages on old Safari if people haven't updated their phones yet. You could say. Sounds done. great. You could say it's about time. Zing. About time. That's good. You know, I've missed these uh, web dev puns here. It's been a while. It's good to talk to you both. It sure has. Likewise. Um, in typical fashion, should we spend half our episode talking about Twitter followees? Yeah, I think it's time. Sounds great. I'm ready to start. Um, as usual, uh, or as has been recent tradition, I don't really have any Twitter followees. I haven't really been using Twitter all that much. So instead, I'll give you three chill hop lo-fi music to relax slash study to streams that I've really enjoyed. They're all from the same channel, which is called Chill with Taiki. And Taiki is a really adorable Shiba Inu that really, the way it's animated, looks more like a cat. It's like one of those things where like the person who animated it has never seen a Shiba Inu a single day in their life. But they were told, yeah, can you animate me a Shiba Inu? And they made a cat. Anyway, there are three different moods. I think the first one is their main channel, Chill with Taiki. It's a really cute, really cute source of good chill hop. And right now, Taiki's taking a nap, which makes sense because it's bedtime. And then the next one is Self-Care Lo-Fi Vibes. It's also from the same channel. It's also really nice. It's, it's a, a little bit different kind of chill, a little bit more uh apt for zoning out whereas the first one's more for like focus and studying 
And the last one is Japanese Night Ca- Cafe Vibes, also by that same channel. Um, it just kind of has a little bit of a jazzier kind of thing, a little bit more upbeat, which is nice if you don't want to go to sleep. Uh, so anyway, next time you think you might want to scroll Twitter, uh, instead you can scroll some lo-fi chill hop, chill vibes to chill out to slash relax slash study. There you go. This has been, that's everyone I followed on Twitter in the past year. Nice. I'll just contrast your music and say, I've been in the last few weeks really listening to like Joel Fletcher and Will Sparks and Timmy Trumpet and things, which is like Melbourne Bounce and like Electro House at like solid 128 BPM or more. And it's just like pure hype. And I'll listen to that for like eight hours straight while I'm working and into the evening. It's great. And are you just bouncing off the walls during the day? I might have to mix some of that in. Yeah, it's great. I listened to it. Someone made a playlist on Spotify that was 42 hours long. It had 650 songs. And I listened to it in eight or nine days, mostly just at work. And it was awesome. That was such a fun week. I'm going to have to join you on that. I'm going to have to try that out because I am getting a little sleepy. Like, so, I've know. noticed I'll be, like, wanting to keep working because I just want to keep listening to music. Or, like, I'll be delaying other things. So I'm like, I just want to listen to one more song. And it's like, at this point, I'm just listening to the same, like, couple hundred songs on repeat at various orders. Because I can't, I can't really tell one from the other because there's so many out there. And they all have, they're kind of formulaic, but they're also very good. And I love them. So. Yeah, nothing wrong with formulaic. Yeah. If it's nice, it's nice. That's, that's all there is to it. It's fun getting back. I first kind of listened to this kind of music in, like, 2014-ish, 2015. And I've. I've had a resurgence the last month or two. But anyway, um, I followed, uh, according to some site that Ryan found earlier today, I followed somewhere around 50 people on Twitter in the last year. All I did was Google, how do I track my Twitter followies? <laughs> but you found a site that apparently you and I have both used in the past because they had yeah, all of our data. I still don't know if that's actually true. I wonder if a bot scoops up people and puts them in there or something. Yeah. but um. I followed, I've, I've followed and gotten to know a bunch of people in Twin Cities in the last year who are kind of in the urbanist space, who are into biking around town and that kind of stuff. Um, but I did follow some tech people too. Um, first up, I'll say Josh Como, Como, Como. Um, uh, he wrote a CSS for JS devs class, which I haven't taken, but he's got a really cool and really good blog. He's got like full of little like Easter eggs and subtle animations and He's got some really great kind of front-end and CSS posts and, and thoughts on Twitter and on his blog. So I uh, totally recommend that. I also followed uh, Joseph Cox, who's a journalist covering um, kind of information security, uh, privacy, hacking stuff over at Motherboard. Um, so there's a good source of information around that. And I followed, followed Svelte.js because I've been writing some, and I thought I should probably follow the main Twitter account. Um, I think I followed Rich Harris, nice. who who writes it as well, who now works at Vercel a f- few months ago. There's been mm-hmm. a shuffling around. What a change. He used to work at the New York Times. Yeah. I think a few people in the React core team have recently left or announced they're leaving. Probably a few more have joined. It's, you know, the standard changes over a year when we don't talk about it. But what about you, Ryan? Who have you been following? Yeah, I did follow a few people, and one of the things I wanted to know with the site that I found earlier is how many that was, and I suspected I only followed like 10 people in 11 months. Now it turns out it was like 25. I can't believe it. <sighs> so many people. Um, So sometimes I just talk about random stuff on Twitter, and then suddenly 
people reply to me and I don't know how, like they're not in any perceivable network that I know of, but sometimes I see stuff that other people like in the activity feed on uh tweet deck. And so Ryan Lichty, I don't know. Ryan Lichty. 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 Sure. Yeah. There you go. Cause I know, I know a relation of his, whose name is Brandon Lichty. Mm, it's, uh, it's a small world for Brandon who knows everybody. <laughs> And um, I think what the the tweet that I saw that Ryan posted was just this new website that he made, which is just a splash page, basically, that links off to Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram. So not not too exciting there. It was, it was surprising to see that he's in Minneapolis. So that's cool. Um, and then I have here um, Cohen, maybe? I don't know, something like that. Uh, he followed me, so I followed him. Uh, when you look at his blog, he talks about Phoenix. Uh, live view, and I think what um, what he wrote about was um, doing real time cursor tracing, kind of like in Google Docs. So that was kind of cool. And I also have here uh, not a person, but a thing, which is the Envoy proxy. And this is actually what I've been kind of coding and working with for the last couple months, working on a high performance proxy to do a bunch of internal and external routing. Awesome. Very nice. Yep. That's me. That's what I followed. 11 months, all that effort. <laughs> well, uh, very nice. I can say with uh, full intent, I have full intentions to not go another 11 months before releasing an episode. No promises, yeah. but I've, it's, I, maybe we needed a break. I don't know, but it's, I don't know. I think it's been great to talk, chat with you all again. And um, I'd like to do this again soon. So hopefully it won't be as much time. And then we can get into more specifics about anything and everything. Yeah. Rather than trying to cover 11 months in one go. Impressive. Doesn't have to be an omnibus that way. Yeah, exactly. But I'm, I am pretty happy with what we did cover, given the fact that it was so expedited uh, or uh, so, such a long time since we last spoke. Yeah. So we don't know when next time is, but it's coming up. I mean, it'll probably be sometime in the next two years. Uh, yes, I would agree <laughs> with you. <laughs> I mean, I hope if, in the next two months, but I don't know. If we if yeah. we do repeat our eleven month stretch, it will be twenty twenty three by the time we record again. So it could either be this year, twenty two, or twenty three. Yes, gotta be realistic. Exactly. Yeah, assuming assuming there's a world uh, in twenty twenty three for us to podcast. Certainly hope so. Where can we find you all? Want to stay in touch in the midst of our absence of podcasting? You can find me just about anywhere, but your best bet is probably going to be following me on Twitter where I'm Brandon underscore MN, or you can find me on Instagram where my username is also Brandon underscore MN. But the difference is my Twitter account is locked. My Instagram account is not. So uh, if you want some pictures of bread, Instagram is going to be the place to go. Now, Brandon, I do have to ask at this juncture, can you tell me about this duck thing? Yes. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. I, uh, I made a website uh, a very fun website that doesn't really do all that much. Uh, it's duckf.at or was it duckfat.com? I can't remember which. I own both of them. I think I only <laughs> set one of them up. Let's find out. Oh yeah, I didn't set that one up. It's it's duckfat.com. Uh, and so I don't know if you're aware, but duck fat is really delicious, and it is a rather short domain name. And so I bought it because I realized that not enough people know about duck fat. 
Um, and it also sounds like kind of a fun like name for like a cooking channel. So there you go. So unless you also run a restaurant in Portland, you might not own duckfat.com. Yeah, I don't think shit. Do. I don't. Oh my God. <laughs> do I own something else? Maybe it's duckfat.net. Jeez. Well, well, Brandon, someone owns out. too many domains here. Yeah, that could be the case. Um, you know what? It is .net. It is .net. Oh, look at that. That's glorious. Come on. This has been recorded for the future. It's just the duck emoji. Amazing. Okay, I do like that. That's that, that's all you need. Extremely that blurry duck on Windows. Is fat. Yes. On, on Windows? Oh yeah, I'll take no, a picture. No, Windows later. is beautiful. On macOS, it's blurry as it's well. It's beautiful. But well, it's supposed to be blurry. It's part of the. It's part of the bit. It's part it of fits the that. Um, oh, what's the what's the other one that you have of the big emoji on the on the website? Terrifying dot us. Yeah, terrifying dot us. It's a similar vibe, yeah. but slightly less interactive or uh, jumpy. Yeah, it's because it's because uh, Lockie didn't help me out of it. Lockie's got all of the good all of the good stuff, but it looks it looks uh, it works on my machine. So you know. So I think the Windows <laughs> emoji yeah. are vector, and the Apple ones are not. Is probably my because mm. you can tell on uh, for listeners, Brandon just shared the, a screenshot in Discord, and it's like the beak is clipped a little bit. It's there's a couple issues, but. Yeah. Um, where can we find you, Ryan? Well, you can find me just about everywhere, but especially on Twitter at Ryanamar, and of course on my website, RyanRepersed.com, where I have, in fact, actually recently updated what I've been doing. So if you want to know more about Envoy or Next or any of that other random stuff I do sometimes, it's all right there. Nice. I do admire your timeline of what you've been working on. I think it's fun to read through. Yeah, I was um yeah. three months late this year. Well, you Got I got there. I I keep trying to keep a note updated, and then eight months go by, and I keep forgetting about. Yeah, it's idea. tough when you go that long. Yeah. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Brian Mitch L. I tweet about some tech things, some biking around Minneapolis things. Um, I need to keep. I need to tweet more. I've been really slowing down the last couple of years, and it's not good. But uh, otherwise, my website brianm.me. I wrote a post. Uh, at the end of last year kind of summarizing how my 2021 went um yeah uh, i'm also on instagram at brian mitch l i post nice. a lot of photos of the sunset at lake of the isles because they're they're nice um you can find me walking around there hanging around uptown biking yeah awesome you can find the show notes for this episode at the nexus.tv slash pk66 uh, you can chat about the episode on our subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash TV. Uh, we're on Twitter at TV as well. Or you can follow us on Twitter. All that, all that good stuff. And with that, we got a skedaddle. Yeah, I got to go uh, do a release at work, so I got to run. Bye, <laughs> everybody. Have a good one. See you next year. Have a good one. See you next year. Stopping the recording. The Nexus. The Nexus. The Nexus TV. Podcasts from, from the, the Technological, technological Convergence. convergence.